Hey girls, you're listening to My Girl Podcast with Ruthie Ridley and Fina Ellerman. This is a podcast for every woman, every girl, every mom, sister, and friend. We can't wait to get started. Welcome back to My Girl Podcast. It's your hosts, Fina Ellerman and Ruthie Ridley. How you doing, Ruthie? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, girlfriend? Good. I'm I'm kind of like, I feel like I said last time I'm losing my mind, but I'm losing my mind for sure this time. Oh, no. Yes. I got all the way to work today, which is like all the way in downtown. I live in Citrus Heights. It takes me 30 minutes to drive there. Didn't bring my laptop, which is the core necessity for my job. Oh, so you had to turn around. Well, no, I was going out of town um, for a meeting. And so I had to like kind of work from my phone and my iPad. It was a mess. Oh, no. How stressful. Yeah, it's fine. How are you doing? Good. Um, I feel like I'm kind of on overdrive this month. Definitely um, feels a little bit more chill. We've been in the new house now for like, just about a month. And I feel like the kids are getting settled into stuff. Um, so I don't, I feel like this month is about to cool down a little bit. I think I, last time we, we caught up, I was telling you how crazy things are and it's still crazy, but I'm like, I have hope. I'm well, really excited though, because, um, this coming weekend, I am shooting a really exciting collaboration with a brand I worked with, um, in the very beginning, it was crazy. When I started blogging in 2015, they reached out to me and I thought it was nuts because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but they <laughs> liked me and they um, are a hoodie company here in Santa Rosa, um, in Napa Valley. And they, I've been working them with them since 2015. And this year they said, for our fall, one of our fall lines, we want to name an entire like little mini collection after you. That so is so cool. <laughs> Wait, what? So um, doing that on Sunday, and I would say that's like the most exciting um, news this month. That's super exciting. Are you kidding me? That's no. like a dream. I know. Y'all will have to look out though, because I already told Fina like that this was coming and that we have to take pictures together. I yeah, you guys, you guys are going to get so... <laughs> You're going to get so tired of seeing me and Ruthie in pictures together. And yes. also, my hair is going to look different every single time. It is. But you know <laughs> why? You're good at doing your hair different every single time. Well, I just feel like if I want to mix it up, I'm going to mix it up and not really care. You should. I think I should shock everyone. You should. Since it's been probably, I would say, a year now. I, I saw something in my time hop where I've had this look. So I should shock everyone and go with my hair down to my butt. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm 5'1", so that's like... <laughs> that's like five feet of, of hair. <laughs> no, it's like literally it will be bad. So, uh, yes. Oh, we have to talk about the meetup this past week. <gasps> well, that was the most exciting thing from last month. Can you believe we're already in October? But I know. Yes, last month, which is just a few days ago, we had our first My Girl Meetup. And it was amazing. It was like really like what we needed. Like we didn't know how many people were going to show up. We just wanted to have a chill, relaxing time. And that's what it was. And the girls that came, they were all like so special. We got to meet a few new, new people that we hadn't met before. And it was just so nice. 
It was um, honestly the most perfect weather. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was just so peaceful. We, for those of you who don't know, we met at a winery that is kind of local and it was Bogle Winery and they just took really good care of us. And we literally sat um, at a you know beautiful table and we had wine and bites and not a care in the world. Not a care. <laughs> Actually, I did my neurotic self. Okay. I don't, I am a freak about patchy grass and they put us near patchy grass and that's all I could think about. But that's like so minuscule and so crazy. So let's just pretend that I didn't tell that you that so and funny. keep it moving. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but no, it was amazing. It was so awesome. Yeah. We seriously, like we got, did that and then we're like, okay, so when are we going to do this again? Because that was awesome. Mm-hmm. So we got more stuff coming your way. Yes, yes, yes. Stay tuned. And I'm so sorry. Like, there's so many people that are like, I wish I was nearby so I could come. And we wish you were too. So keep listening to the podcast <laughs> until all your friends listen so we can go on tour. <laughs> How fun would that be? So fun and have um, meetups all over the United States. That yes. sounds great to me. If we did go on tour, like, what would be your, like, we must go to this spot? Who. I kind of, this is random, but I want to go, I'd want to go to places I've never been before, like South Dakota, North Dakota. I know, weird. I know. It's weird. But I want to see what those places look like. That must be your solo tour. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like legit New York, you know. Florida. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. I mean, we can go to South Dakota. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being random. It just popped in my head. I've never been there. It's not really a meetup type <laughs> thing. <laughs> one thing I noticed though that is super cool is no one has our hashtag. So we're definitely going to have to go all over the country. The micro oh, yeah. meetup. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Super pumped about that. Trend that. Yes. Yep. Well, you guys, um, we're so thankful to those of you that could show up and there will be much more to come. So please stay tuned for that. Um, We're going to get into things because we have a very special guest this month. And seriously, like she's legit, like legit. So, I mean, I'm sure some of you are probably listening in your car, but if you're not, you can take notes or like listen to it like a couple times because like it's all so, 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 so good. It's dense with good stuff. Yes. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Nakia Homer. Yes. All right, ladies, we are going to hop right into it. We have a guest with us today. Right, Ruthie? Can you? Yes. One of my favorite people on social media. I'm sad to say that I have not met her in real life. This will happen one day. But Nakia Homer's with us, you guys. Yay. Huge, (laughs) huge deal. Um, It's really funny. I didn't tell you this, Fina, but um, I think I met, quote unquote, met Nakia um, through Mom Crush Monday. Would you say Uh, that's how we connected, Nakia? Um. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I think it was her, honestly. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, maybe like two years ago. I don't know if she okay. was following you or whatever. I saw mm-hmm. a comment, whatever, and I'm like, okay, yep, mm-hmm, I need to follow her. <laughs> That's awesome. And the rest is history. Yay. Cool. We are so happy you're here. 
I appreciate it. I love you as well. One of my favorite people on the IG. <laughs> what a world favorite. we live in, huh? I know. It is, it is, it is the beauty of social media. It's crazy. Well, Nakia <laughs> is a writer, a speaker, a mental wellness advocate. And I love this. It's in your bio. It says a hype girl for aspiring women. And I <laughs> swear it's so true. Um, she's like, kind of like, I have to get my daily Nakia fix. If you need encouragement, I, I'm going to just do this little plug real quick daily. She posts something at least once, if not twice, three times a day. That is just so powerful and really does hype you up and get you um, psyched about life and continuing to move forward. So we are so pumped to be talking to you today. Um, I think our girls will really benefit from hearing yes. your story. Agreed. Thank you. You are now my official hype girl. <laughs> <laughs> you made me sound amazing. I love it. But it's true. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you, Nakia. Um, like, what do you do? Like, I know you're a writer, but like family, that sort of stuff. Like, tell us a little bit more about you. So yes, I am a writer. Um, and what people don't know about me these days is that I'm a songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, and I started writing songs after meeting my husband about 18 years ago. And we started our music production company together and have been blessed to work in the music industry now for 18 years. So I've written music for some of my favorite um, artists, some of the people I idolized as a child. And writing songs is not something that I knew that I could do until I met my husband and started that journey. Wow. So yes, I am a writer. I write words. I write inspirational um, articles. I write music. I write pep talks. And I do what I call writing for my life. It is literally my, um, my therapy these days. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. I didn't even know about the songwriter part. That's really cool. See, it's my <laughs> hidden, it's I my hidden super fighter. It's only because of Melinda Watts. She gave away your your secret. Uh, I was with her for lunch <laughs> one day and I was like, Nakia is so awesome. She's like, I bet you don't know this though. And she told me that you wrote, you were a songwriter. Yes, yes, I am. I am. And um, I, I love it. So in addition to writing, I do have a family, two children, um, a son and a daughter, a husband and myself. And we live in Atlanta now. But I still rep Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl through and through. Wow. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I live in Atlanta, but I'm a Jersey girl. I'm a Jersey girl. That's awesome. So cool. Well, we're excited. And just to get, like, down to the nitty gritty, like, we heard um, just about you, like, present day. But I think to get this going, like, we should hear about, like, your history and kind of, like, your, your life journey and how you've gotten to where you are today. So yeah, um, I guess we be told you I love to tell my story. It's not actually something that I did willingly. Um, when I was a child, I was mentored by women outside of my community um, because I was raised in um, a not so traditional family. I was raised by my paternal grandmother. My parents were teenagers when I was born. And so because I didn't have that family unit, that um, typical or traditional family unit. I had a lot of other women in my life that kind of mentored me and spoke into my life and helped guide me. And so when I was younger, they would ask me to come and speak at different community centers, speak at church, um, speak at um, a guest church. And it just became a thing, um, not by choice, but kind of 
kind of mentored into it. Um, and then as a result of sharing my story, other people um, outside of just the mentors that I had kind of asked me to come and tell. And so I've been doing that since I was about 10 years old. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that is probably the biggest, um, most beautiful gift that I've ever been given is my story. Um, if you go to my website right now, you'll see my tagline and it says behind every dope woman is a story that only she can tell. And over the past oh, few chills. years, I'm <laughs> really, really, yeah. it is true. It is true. And, um, the, the, the real important part of that tagline is that only she can tell. And I think a lot of people miss that key element to storytelling. And it's kind of been my mission since I was 10 years old. I sat in an assembly at 10. Um, I was raised in a projects and low income. So in my community and within my family, there was a lot of violence. There was drug abuse. There was abuse, um, domestic violence, and just everything that you might feel is typical of a um, urban or hood environment. And so oftentimes people outside of our community would come in and try to mentor us and speak to us. And so we had someone come in to speak about statistics. And I, never, I will never forget this woman. She was a beautiful woman. She had her hair pulled back, sort of like I do right now, some red lipstick, a suit on, and she started to spout these statistics about how if you were raised in an environment um, that was poor, you might grow up to be poor. If you have drug abusers or drug users as parents, you're more likely to become a drug abuser or user. Um, if you had teenage parents, then you're likely to become a teenage parent, and it just kept going on and on and on. And as she told that story, I sat there thinking, first of all, why are you telling my business in front of all of these people? <laughs> because it was literally the story of my life. Yeah. Secondly, I said to myself, just because all of these people around me are doing this, and just because this is their story, why does it have to be mine? Yeah. And what was beautiful about that moment for me is that although her words rang true for a lot of people, it literally just didn't resonate with me. I literally didn't see myself in the future the way she saw people who grew up like I did in the future. Mm -hmm. And so that moment was really a milestone for me. It was a pivotal moment in my life. And it is the moment I decided to start telling my own story. I love that. I wow. started to to listen to what I believe God was telling me about myself and the, the vision and the, the dreams and the reality that he showed me um, at a very young age. And even though I was sitting in the projects doing this, even though there was craziness going on all around me, I just didn't let go of the story that I knew was inside of me. And so when people started to ask me to tell my story, it was almost as if they were sitting in on that moment that I sat in that assembly listening to that woman. And I'm like, how did they know that this is what I wanted to do in my life? How did they know that I really wanted to tell my story? And of course, now that I'm 40, I'm speaking as a writer and it sounds so poetic, but it wasn't that poetic and it wasn't that easy. Um, but I think that storytelling essentially is probably the hallmark of who I am now. And I tell my stories through song. I tell my stories through poems. I tell my stories through words of encouragement, like um, Ruthie said. And I don't know, it, it's, it's just become a thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, even like you're saying, you start telling your story at the age of 10. Like, 
that's just so empowering because I know even for me, like I have a hard time like opening up and sharing like my own story, you know? So um, just Mm -hmm. by you doing that, it's just kind of like setting, setting the stage for others to kind of follow in your footsteps and like kind of making room for them to do the same. So I love that. (laughs) That's so encouraging. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, Very freeing. Just hearing you speak gave me chills. Like I have a 10 year old and mm. I watch her, she has difficulty, you know, just expressing herself. So I couldn't imagine how you were at 10 and being so brave. That That's just so, so, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, like I said, it sounds really great now because I'm able to tell it from this, from this um, vantage point. Mm-hmm. But as a 10 year old, it wasn't that, it wasn't that evolved. It was literally, I don't want to live in a project. So I better do something like get a job so that I don't have to, you know what I mean? And um, in order to get a job, I better get an education. And in order to get an education, I better pay attention in school. So it was on my 10 year old level. Um, But there was this grace that was attached to it, I, I say now. Um, that that made me go from there to where I am today. Hmm. Do you awesome. have siblings as well, or were you? I do. Child? Okay. I do. I'm the oldest of many children. My father loved babies <laughs> and yeah. loved to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing there's nothing traditional about my family, but there's nothing I would change about my family either. Um, being the oldest of um, four sisters and a brother. It's been, um, it's been good for me because one of the most important things to me at 10 and and 12 and 18 was to be a decent role model for them, not to be perfect, but at least someone that they could look to because we didn't have um, many people in our lives that we could look to. And so it was very vital having siblings in my life at the time. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you feel a huge responsibility for them to kind of catch the vision you had about it. It's funny though, because now just kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Now I really understand why you say don't settle. Now I get Mm -hmm. it. It started when you were very, very, very young, but did you feel like um, you had a responsibility for them to feel the same way that you did about life? Or were you kind of like, I don't really care what happens around me, but for me, this is the life I need and I'm going to go after. Um, Unfortunately, I carried the weight of my world. I say my world on my shoulders. I felt responsible not only for my siblings, but in a lot of ways for my parents. We grew up together. My mother was 15 when I was born. My father was 16. They were literally like friends to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and my siblings as well. I did try to carry them um, as much as I could. And it wasn't until I got older, I realized that we are all gifted life. And it is our gift. The journey is our gift as well as the process is our gift. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to rob them of their their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be extremely tiring, exhausting, overwhelming to try to save yourself because I did have to um, you know, work my way out of that environment and then try to bring all the rest of the people with me. Mm-hmm. So I came to a point where I kind of had to lead by example, try to model the behavior um, 
that I'd hope would inspire them, motivate them. Also, I was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, although my siblings literally think I was perfect. Um, I don't know why, but they just do in their eyes and I love it. Um, but it, 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 was, it was one of those things that has also been a really good lesson for me. A lot of people ask me about my family and my parents. And I, although I share my personal story, I keep private things to myself because um, just like all of us, there are people attached to our stories. Exactly. You know, people attached to our, And so I share from my perspective and I allow them to share from theirs. But I will say um, that having that weight on my shoulders was extremely heavy and things I had to work through later on in life. But again, it was also instrumental in me moving forward because Mm -hmm. I felt an obligation to them. That's why I say things like there are people counting on you to succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes from thinking about my siblings. Right. Was that like a, does that was, does that sometimes feel, I don't want to say burden, but was that like just like a heavy load to carry? I imagine that probably was. It was heavy, but I didn't feel like it was a burden. I actually feel like it's our obligation. Yeah. Um, whether you are from a difficult um, circumstance like I was, because not everyone was, or if you're from the best of circumstances, mm-hmm. um, we are meant to kind of carry each other. Yeah. And there are um, seasons where um, my siblings also assisted me my sister right now every single morning before I open my eyes there's a text waiting for me that says good morning um and I look forward to it and I remember a few years ago she called me and she was like um I don't call you and ask you if you're okay or I don't call you and ask you if you need prayer because I just assume you're okay Mm -hmm. and um like I said, my sisters and brother think that I can do no wrong, but it also it also um, kind of diminished their capacity in my life when I don't allow them to be their highest self as well. Yeah. So it was a lot to carry, but I don't think it was a burden. I think yeah. it was a gift. Well, that's, that's cool that you say that because I grew up as an only child. So like one, like I didn't really ask for a lot of help. I didn't mm-hmm. really tend to do things on my own, but then also too, when I, when I felt like those around me needed me to carry them, it almost was like overwhelming because I was never in that position, you know? And I felt like, I feel like there were times when I was probably selfish, um, when I could have, you know, like, that's my duty to like carry and support those around me. Like I could have been like more, um, just more supportive. So, I mean, it's just like really cool to get that perspective just because it's just so different than mine. Yeah. I have yeah. one brother and I I could say now I was extremely selfish. It was like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be successful and buy a house and my car. And I don't care that you're still working here and doing that. It was just like, that's the choice you made. And kind of that kind of attitude. Um, I think what Fina and I are saying is like your perspective and your heart is pretty unique and really cool. Mm-hmm. I think um, I appreciate that. I really do. But I think that we all have the heart and the perspective that we need. Um, given my circumstances. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Think, yeah. 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 So given my circumstances, that's kind of what I needed to do. And given yours, it wasn't necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, now that you have evolved into the woman that you are, 
Um, you have an opportunity to do that now, if you wish, with the people that are around you. And in fact, you do do that now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Right. So it's just everyone has their story. Yeah. That is wisdom right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> profound. I'm like, taking notes. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Good. <laughs> Good thing this is evergreen content. We can listen to this again. This yeah. is too good. <laughs> when So this kind of leads us into our next question. Um, would you say you started to like dream about your future, about things you wanted to see, a house, a husband, kids, a career? When would you say you started dreaming and did you start seeing some of your dreams fulfilled pretty early on? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely started to dream extremely early on. And I pretty much had an idea of where I wanted to be um, for as early as I can remember. However, what I actually ended up doing is far from what I thought I'd do. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. And that's, that's just growth. You know, I was a social worker, um, working, going to school. I was one of those people who worked 12 hour shifts and went to school full time. Um, and that's just what I knew to do and to be. So shifting from that to a creative career mm -hmm. was very different for me. But I will say that um, I think part of the reason why I was able to overcome a lot of the things that I've overcome is because God gave me a vision so early. So because I had access to it, even if it was just in my heart and mind, um, and then through other people and seeing their lives outside of my community, um, I had a picture of what it could be. And I held on to that until I created my version of it. So wow. I, w I would probably say, I would laugh. I don't even want to say this. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to say this. I would say, <laughs> I would say there was a certain show that was on television when I was young. And there was a father who was a doctor and a wife who was a lawyer. And they had children. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, yes. the show. You can, so, I mean, we all... <laughs> I get it. Like today, like obviously this guy isn't someone you want to look up to, but you know, that was a part of your, your story, but yes, we know who you're talking about. Yes. Yes. And so I remember being like eight and nine and just pretending like they were my parents. I pretended oh like my, my dad gosh. was, a, <laughs> was a, so a, cool. yeah. They're also the reason why I went to college because of their spinoff show, um, a different world. Oh. So just wait, wait there was a spinoff show. Yeah, different yeah. world. Yeah. See, I'm telling my age at this point. <laughs> you, you young ladies are going to have to Google it or something. No, we're not that much different in age. I just know <laughs> learning stuff. Yeah. So, I am yeah, learning. So. I mean, I knew about um, a different world, but I didn't know it was connected. Yeah, yeah. Their daughter went to college. And that's then, right. And then that's they started the show. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like things like television and books. And then again, the people outside of my media community that kind of gave me a vision. And it was extremely early on. Like I remember being eight and nine and seeing it all. Yeah, wow. And that's been helpful. And when I work with my clients, that's one of the first thing that I do when I mentor women. I'm like, what do you, where do you see yourself? Who do you see yourself as? And when you don't see yourself, the question um, becomes, um, God, who do you say that I am? Um, reveal me to myself. Show me who I am. Yeah. Um, because when you can get that vision, even if it's just in your heart and in your mind's eye, then you get to escape your present for a second and dream a little bit. 
And then that dream kind of opens you up um, when it comes to, okay, how am I going to achieve this? Right. And that's how you're introduced to certain skills and talents and gifts and abilities. And it just keeps going. I'm really glad you said that because I think what was important for me in this podcast and talking about dreams was that I have like a, a really hard time dreaming for myself. And so like, it's just, it's really good. And it's pushing me to hear, to even to hear that um, mm-hmm. with the girls that you mentor who don't know, you know, what they're wanting to do to like, really, like sometimes like you say like, oh, I trust God, and I rely on God. And like, I'm, he's directing my path, but like, I'm not really going to him being like, Lord, what do you have prepared for me? Like, what do you want me to be doing? And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, that's just, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's really yeah. Good. And um, I think the pressure to know is extreme yes. um, in, in this day and age. I think that we believe there's a particular age we should know this and a season in our life that we should know this. And what I've learned over my 40 years of life like I said, is things change. Mm -hmm. As you grow into the woman that you are, as you have been growing into the woman that you are today, I'm sure some of the things that you said when you were 18 or 22 or 25 is a lot different than what you would say today. Um, Unless you were just great and so mature and perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and it'll continue to evolve. So although you might see a clear picture of today's version of you, the new version of you may be totally different yeah. or it might be the same and better. I mean, you just really never know. So right. I say dream every day and, um, you know, expect or request a vision every day until that picture of you becomes clearer and clearer. Yeah. Wow. How important do you think that is to also have people like surrounding you, like speaking like words of encouragement and like life into you? Cause I feel like, sometimes you know obviously God uses other people to speak through them to you but like even just to like encourage me in pursuing you know those dreams or whatever I feel like right now I don't really have like a tight-knit circle or like mentors or like people surrounding me like not a ton but I feel like it's part of that you know process so Mm -hmm. do you think that like having a good like I don't know crew or like village around you helps in that process of like finding your dream? Yeah, I would say absolutely it's imperative. You have to have people in your life that um, that are either doing what you are doing at the time or who have done what you want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's imperative. I think that who we become is directly connected to the books that we read or the information we take in and the people we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who actually just texted me while we're, while we're on this call <laughs> and um, she has been seeing me in a beautiful light since we were 10. Oh. Like she'll have a dream about me and then call me in the morning and tell me all about the dream and how wonderful I am. And she would say things like, I wish you could see you like I see you. Oh, wow. So that is why I say things like ask God to show you who you are um, because people outside of us and of course the divine outside of us can see us um, from a whole new perspective so having those people in your life who can see you at your best even when you're at your worst is essential and then also having someone I always talk about my best friend charity who is able to check you (laughs) when you need to be checked to Mm -hmm. say tighten up sis when you need to be tightened up and when you need accountability 
mm-hmm. um, I think is vital. That is why I started mentoring other women. Because if it were not for the women in my life, like Miss Pat and Miss Brock, kind of pulling at my tail, a coattail when I need it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today. So I think it's vital. Yeah. And you don't need a ton. Like this whole, you know, going to Canada or going to Hawaii with my 10 best friends, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have one or two, that's great too. And if all you do is go to Starbucks on the weekends to talk about your life, that's just as impactful. Yeah. That's oh, that's good that you say that. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know, like when you're younger, like oh this is my best friend and these are all my friends and all my friends and then you get like to a certain age and it's like where'd all my friends go <laughs> you know um yes. and, and I, do know. I for a while it felt like I was the only one that felt this I was even talking with some coworkers about this today and then I realized that like other people my age were feeling this and so yes I yes I need to you know find those people my core people but like release the pressure of it like needing to be like 10 of my best girlfriends like it can be like two or three that I'm you know consistently meeting with and being mm-hmm. yeah I call them your true and few your true and true few, few is I fine mm-hmm. I like that true one thing I found just in this season I would say in the past three or four months because you do get to this age I'm a little bit older than Fina but still you hit your thirties or late twenties and you're like Mm -hmm. super busy and you're married and whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're, again, you're busy. It has required so much intention. I can't believe how much intention to meet with these people. And it's, it's a lot of work, but it's, um, it's worth it, but Mm -hmm. it's requires so much intention and, and so much like, Sort of like what we do, Fina, like, okay, we have to, you know, make the meeting and do the pod. You have to be intentional. Otherwise it won't happen. And I also realized that it's like, okay, this goes both ways because I can just go and not reach out to people and and just be in my lane. But it requires me reaching out and be like, hey, are we we getting together next week or this month? And yeah, it just requires more work than I think America is used to. And it's, it's stretching me, but it's good. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Nakia, just talking about um, like your journey, even like starting at at 10 as as a child. And then, you know, even what you've been saying has been powerful for for me as an adult. But like, how do you encourage your children in this, like to pursue their dreams? How do you lead them in that? So I think when you come from a background like I do, or when you are super intentional about um, creating a specific type of life because of the life you have, you can become what is known in psychology as hypervigilant. You know, those people who are doing the most (laughs) because they have this kind of internal need to become successful or to do all the things and overcome everything. And so I've been super careful not to do that with my children. Um, The life that I have is over and done with. I'm a full grown adult. And so I really try to be intentional about just letting my children be who they are. Um, And because of my background, I have to be super intentional about that. Um, I've shared before that 
I did this thing where I would ask my daughter and my son even, are you okay? Are you happy? You know, are you, do you feel healthy? What do you think of me as a mother? And they would look at me like I was a complete nut. Like, what are you talking about? First of all, I'm six. (laughs) 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 Give me some cereal, please. (laughs) But um, it was really because um, I've shared this in my own business that by the time I was eight or nine, I was in full-blown depression and no one asked if I was okay. And if they asked if I was okay, I probably wouldn't have said anything anyway. But that background and that experience kind of, made me or inspired me to project um, my childhood onto my children. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, I'm very intentional about just letting my children be who they are Mm -hmm. to, if they want to focus on their story, focus on your story. If you want to be intentional, be intentional. If you want to have goals, have goals. If you don't, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. My daughter is now 14 And um, she feels a little bit of pressure to know what it is she wants to do. And I believe it's because she's heard me tell my story so many times. Um, And so I tell her, you know, your life is yours. You don't have to know, you know, be a kid. That's something I wasn't able to do. And so I think just cultivating the gift that is your child is what is best, at least in my experience um, as a mother. What about you, Ruthie? I mean, I don't have kids yet, so I don't know, but I'm interested to know how you Um, As far as like encouraging them to dream and and just kind of be themselves, yeah. Um, I have to be careful, I'll be honest. I am a go-getter, I'm type A, I'm kind of crazy. My husband's super chill and kind of laid back. And so he's like, let them live, they don't need to know and stuff like that. But um, I feel like, they watch me just go after all these dreams I have just randomly, like next week it's this. And so I hear them, Savannah will say, well, I think right now I want to be a teacher or, you know, I think I could be a lawyer. Um, And then Ava for the past, she's my oldest for the past three or four years, she's said she wants to be an engineer. Um, Yeah. Wants to go after that. And then Jay wants to be a baseball player. So I have to be careful because of my personality and the culture that I grew up in. My parents are Jamaican. We had to know what we were doing with our life when we were 16, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew, knew what I wanted to do and went into nursing and finished, you know, and was done. And so I have to be careful just not to put that same pressure on them, but say, and, and even deep down, I'm like, yeah, it's great to like be an artist or, you know, whatever, draw. But deep down, I want to be like, okay, I want you to go after things where you can provide for yourself just because that culture is still like so ingrained in me. So I have to be careful. Yeah. Check myself. I'm being totally honest with you guys. No, that's great. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. Like I think about these things, like when I'm a parent, what will I do? And honestly, you can't prepare for that kind of stuff. You just Mm -hmm. like, you just roll with it. But one thing that like stands out to me because I didn't my circumstances didn't allow me to go to college when I'd wanted to. Right. Um, and then like, my, I know my husband's parents like highly encouraged school, you know, they both like my um, father-in-law's a, a lawyer. My, um, my mother-in-law's in education. They're both like very highly educated. And I don't think either is necessarily bad, but I know that there's, there's some people that are just like, whether you want to or not just go to college. Right. But I feel like over time I've, I've witnessed that 
you know, at that age, like, I don't know how you even can begin to know what you want to do at like 18, let alone like 16 or 10. Exactly. So so it's just crazy to me to think like, I'm going to throw myself into college, pay all this money. And then at the end, maybe not even use my degree to do what I want to do. So I've struggled with that because I, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I wish I had a degree, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't have the debt. And like, I probably would have changed what I, my mind, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like all those things like kind of jumble around in my head because, you know, that's my perspective. But like for you, like your guys' kids, like what if they say that they don't want to go to college? Are you going to be okay with that? No, probably <laughs> not at this point in my life, just because like Ben and I always say, like, we just don't, we don't want them to struggle as much as we did, you know, and we were educated, but I think also it's just teaching them how to manage money. It's, it's life skills. I think, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's extremely hard um, to say what you would do. I think that, like I said, that's the, that's why I always go back to the whole storytelling um, model. Um, because if you think about what you say one should do or, um, you know, where one should go by a certain age or when you should know, that's usually um, a case of conditioning. You know, culturally, this is what we do by this age or this is what we need to do. Or even the conversation of struggle mm-hmm. um, because I'm, also, I'm an educated one. I have a degree, certifications, etc but I've also lived as a artist and a starving artist at that. Um, so it's hard to look at my child who has seen me work in music and tell her, you know, don't be an actress, right. be a doctor. <laughs> um, and I know so many successful creatives, those who have degrees and those who do not. Yeah. So you really just never know. It's all about creating your own story. And really just living out your own story. And it does evolve over time. And make sure that it's not based in fear. Because if we are fearful about what our, our children may do, um, to str- if first of all, your kids are not going to struggle because you're not struggling. <laughs> and you're laying down the foundation for them. So now when they become, you know, whatever the age they want to invent something or create something, you're like, okay, here's the seed money. Here's the right. seed opportunity. You know what I mean? That's so true. it won't be the same story that we had because we think differently. Yeah. I'm laughing because I'm saying all this stuff about education, but a huge side of what my kids see is me as an influencer and the exactly. videos that you do. And so could you imagine me being like, oh, don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> it see? is. And I have clients, like I had um, one client who is a high powered lawyer in Chicago who was like, I want to write a blog. <laughs> that's why she, <laughs> that's why she hired me. She's like, I want to write a blog. I work as a lawyer. I do all the things, but I want to write a blog about raising children. I mean, we can do all the things if we want. We can yeah. be both educated and creative. Right. Um, and struggle isn't as bad as it's made out to be. Um, if it were not for me not having money growing up during those um, early stages of my, in our music business, we would not have survived. Like I literally know how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. I know how to stretch a meal. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to do my own hair and makeup. My husband built a, a booth in our basement and that's where we recorded. Like wow. there is a gift in, um, what do they say? Um, 
necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. If you need something, you'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure that's it true. out. That's so true. I mean, my next question is has to do with your one of the main slogans you have, which is "Don't settle." And I love this so much. I have your mug. I should have the t-shirt, the keychain, everything because it's so huge. I guess my question for you is why are you so passionate about that? Why is it so important to you not to settle? Why do you say that so much? Um, it is definitely inspired by my own life. And I'll go back to being 10 years old and being told what I will become because of where I come from. And I remember thinking to myself, if I had listened to that woman, um, if I had listened to the people who described me as Nikia from the projects, if I had listened to um, people around me saying, you know, people like us can't do this or do that, if I had settled for what someone else saw in me, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. So it definitely is inspired by my own story, but it's also inspired by the story of the many other women that I've met along the way. I think that for one, we don't all have a struggle story. And I encountered this as a copywriter often. I work with creative business owners to do website copy, blog posts, and all of those things. And the first thing they want to do is kind of identify with the struggle that they hear me talk about. And I'm like, first of all, I wished for a long time that that was not my story. (laughs) We don't all have a struggle story. We don't have to have a struggle story. Yours might not be settling for um, being poor and growing up under certain conditions. You can do more or greater. It might be you don't have to just live the life of a nurse. You can be a nurse and a creative. You can be a wife and a doctor. You can be a mother and a boss woman. Like you don't have to settle for either or. We can do both. So Um, good. Yeah. So it kind of just fits with, like I said, it kind of ties in the don't settle, the storytelling, the dope woman. It's all the same thing. Just be you, sis. You know, just live your life, do your thing. Um, If you have to struggle, do it with some lipstick on, (laughs) do it with some perfume on, do it because you're trying to work out your own soul's salvation, your own soul's um, desire and the desires of your family. And that's essentially what don't settle means. Do you find that most women want to settle, that they're not willing to fight for that better thing? I think often people mistake settling as the easy way out. But it is extremely hard to watch your dreams die. Um, It is extremely hard to watch other women appear to be winning when you're not. Mm -hmm. I think most women don't want to settle. They just don't know how to not settle. Mm. Or they don't have enough people in their life telling them that they don't have to. Or they're not attached to enough women who have made that decision not to settle. And the other thing is they have not identified what settling looks like for them. Right. And I mean, it's a long (laughs) kind of drawn out process of kind of uncovering all of that. But I think most women don't want to. And I believe it's harder to settle than to not settle. Oh, wow. I love that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, um, our podcast is mostly females that listen. Um, I feel like you've already encouraged our socks off, but what would you, what would your main encouragement be to our listeners? 
as you leave well, us today? Um, tell your story. Tell your story. Live your life. Embrace every aspect of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, be who you are called to be. Be who you are created to be. Find a way to never lose yourself in this story of what women should be or what mothers should be or what wives should be, um, of what you should be by a certain age, what certain income you might have, just whoever you are most at home as, where it's just you and yourself and God, maybe a mirror, some music or a television show, and you are the most comfortable being you, do that more often. I think that as you become more comfortable with yourself, you become more comfortable with making decisions for yourself. Right. You are comfortable with hearing your own voice and using your voice to ask for and even demand what you want if you have to. The other thing that I would say um, is that there are two questions, and I, I didn't even plan to share this, but I will. There are two questions, <laughs> I love there are two questions that I've asked myself or asked of God over the course of my my life and that is we touched on show me who I am and the second one is show me my next move what is my next move we don't have to have it all figured out if you could just do your next step um do your next decision make your next decision take your next step um walk out your next thing then that'll get you to the next space in life and then the next step will take you to the next space you don't have to have it all figured out you don't have to do all the things I'm so glad you said that because I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes I settle because I'm just overwhelmed with like not having all the steps planned out but I feel Mm -hmm. like it was actually really out of my character to like do this podcast with Ruthie because it was like it's not like we didn't plan but we didn't have every step and every milestone planned out we were just like let's just do it and so I'm so glad that you said that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and not just show nice. not just show me who I am, but show me who I am in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially because we're always growing and morphing and changing. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nikia, I feel like we could have a whole class seminar with you. You are just so incredible. I yeah. feel like my whole jar is full. Like I feel filled up right now. And I know Mm -hmm. that all the women and men, whoever listen to this kids are going to be so encouraged about their life and who they are. This is just, thank you for pouring out for, uh, to us in us, um, today. It's just, it's priceless. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate, um, women like you who are getting together to help other women like you. Right. Right. No, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, ladies, that is a wrap. We guys share this podcast. If you're listening right now, you need to share this with your friends, your family. This is one to save um, and share all over the world. Your life will be changed forever. You're going to want to take over the world and fully be yourself. Well, Ruthie, that was like pretty inspiring. Like even for me, that was so challenging. I'm like, I took so much from that. I don't know about you. I did. And as we were like kind of wrapping up, I'm like, gosh, is there anything else I want to ask her? Because she's such a wise woman. I know. You're like, and you know, she's busy. 
And so you're just like, okay, so what else can I ask before she goes? Yeah, what okay. else do I need to know about my life? You just know? write down notes, send her a little email or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to. For those of you who don't know Nakia, you can follow her on Instagram at Nakia Homer. It's N-A-K-E-I-A-H-O-M-E-R. And then she's at Nakia Homer, Nakia Homer, sorry, <laughs> com. And I'm telling you right now, you are going to want a dose of Nakia in your life daily, a few times a day. We follow her on our personal accounts. And then we also follow her on the My Girl podcast because she's just that awesome. Yeah. And like, if you follow her, like, she's just like sending inspiring, like things. I don't know. It's just like, like, thank you, Nakia. <laughs> like, yes. This is for me. This is for so, me. Yeah. She also, one thing I do love is she goes live every single day around noon. Like she goes, she jumps on around, I would say like her lunchtime or while she's waiting to pick up kids wow. and she just encourages people. So someone you want in your life. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and we will not see you next time. I want to say that every single time. I know, me too. <laughs> but we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>